Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. From KCBS Radio in San Francisco, I'm Matt Pittman, and this is Bay Current for Monday, April 18th. San Francisco, open your golden gate. We'll let no stray. 116 years ago today. The Bay Area was rocked and San Francisco was all but leveled. The Great Earthquake followed by the Great Fire of 1906. 80% of San Francisco scorched and decimated to rubble. A city booming even back then with 400,000 residents, about 300,000 of which were homeless after the earthquake and fire virtually destroyed the city. Today, before the sun was even up, the annual commemoration of the great quake and fire. My KCBS radio colleague Matt Bigler was there. Commemorating the 116th anniversary of the great quake and great fire here in San Francisco. Today, Matt Bigler, my KCBS radio colleague, uh, took part in some of the festivities that happen every year. Had a beautiful morning for it, for sure, this morning in San Francisco. Uh, tell me a little bit about it. It looks like it was pretty interesting. Your story sounded great this morning on the air, and that's why I wanted to catch up with you. What was it like out there? Well, thanks, Matt. Uh, it was, you know, it's a memorable event to have all these people from across San Francisco come together to remember this catastrophe that struck 116 years ago. I mean, the city was forever changed by the great San Francisco earthquake and fire in 1906. 80% of the city burned, 3,000 people lost their lives, thousands more were homeless. And that all happened on this date, April 18th, 1906. And it happened at 5.12 in the morning. And so that's why at 5.12, very early every year, on this date, San Francisco City officials, along with residents, get together on Market Street at Lauda's Fountain, which is the place where the survivors of the earthquake would gather to meet to find out if their friends and family and loved ones were still alive. They would meet there, and that tradition has continued to this date. And so what happens is they gather around the fountain, they make some speeches, they have a moment of silence to remember the people who both died and those who survived. And then they play the sirens for about two minutes. San Francisco Fire Department fire trucks are on hand, they blare their sirens, and then after that they paint the fountain. They 
put a new coat of paint on the fountain, this sort of gold bronze color every year to keep it looking nice as a symbol of the city's recovery. Yeah. Pretty cool thing to keep that memory alive and, and keep that story alive. And, and you mentioned just a couple of the, the details. I mean, think of that in today's terms, 80% of this city, over 3,000 people killed. And, and I, I'm a history nerd, I'll, I'll admit it. So, you know, since moving to San Francisco, you know, almost three years ago now, uh, learning a lot about this city's rich history has been really, really cool for me. Uh, and to understand a little bit more about you know, some of the seminal events in this city's history. Um, there were a lot of parallels in some of the books that I've read, documentaries I've watched about the state of San Francisco at the time, right? Like 1906. That was a, a period of just booming, booming growth. Yeah. They were already calling San Francisco the New York, the Manhattan of, of the West Coast back in 1906. And so when you think of all of the people that had recently relocated, right, or were thinking about relocating, all of the different transplants, very similar to kind of the shape and makeup of, of how the city is now. What 80% of the city damaged by fire would look like today is literally incomprehensible, yet it's happened. And just to put it in perspective, think of this city from, from Soma, parts of the Mission, basically the entire waterfront, financial district, and all the way up to Knob Hill, on fire simultaneously for three straight days. That's mind-blowing, Matt. Yeah, and I think just to find a picture that we can uh, relate to is Santa Rosa after the Tubbs fire. And those neighborhoods were described as looking like a bomb blew up there because every single house was reduced to ashes, except for some chimneys that are still standing. And that that's a very accurate description. It did look like a bomb went off. And I think that's probably what San Francisco looked like. But 80 percent of it. I mean, that's mind blowing. Uh, and yet from those ashes, quite literally, the San, Fran uh, San Francisco was able to recover, rebuild and basically reinvented itself so that it is. Uh, still the metropolis that it is today. The other thing that uh, your what your description reminded me is there's this great video. One of the very first videos that was ever shot anywhere was in San Francisco. It's called A Trip Down Market Street. And if you Google it, it's it's great to look at. You've probably seen video from it because a lot of people take clips from it because it's a very early video. And you see people rushing back and forth uh, across Market Street. There's cable cars. There's very early automobiles. There's still horse and buggies and people in turn of the century clothing. It's a great video. It's very high quality, too. And it was just days after that that the earthquake struck. And a lot of those people that you see in the video uh, didn't survive. Those buildings, many of those buildings were destroyed. And so you can really see the what was captured on that video was San Francisco before the earthquake. Yeah, just uh, it's, it's mind blowing to, to watch that old footage, look at the old pictures. So recently, I say recently, uh, MLK Day, so back in February, I had a chance to chat with the historian at Grace Cathedral, and he took me down into their archives and along one wall are just all of these old pictures of the city and there are about three different panoramic images taken from a very high vantage point i was there to talk with him about 
Dr. Martin Luther King's visit to Grace Cathedral back in 1964, but we ended up spending about 20 minutes just looking at these pictures. And this gentleman knew so much about the history of the city and is, is walking me through all of these neighborhoods. And one of the stories he told was of, of Chinatown. How Chinatown was was quite literally decimated, had to be rebuilt from scratch. Um, like many parts of the city, the problem was that even back then, so much of the construction of the houses as it look, there were 400,000 people in the city in 1906. So many of the houses had were built and put up so fast. The construction came up so fast that most of it was, was wooden construction and it didn't stand a chance. And we think about all of the lessons we hope we've learned from 1906 and that great quake, 1989 and, and Loma Prieta. Was there any conversation about the rebuilding efforts and kind of learning from our history and, and, and the state of preparedness and things like that as we hopefully, like I said, learn from our history, which we as humans aren't always the best at doing. Yeah, no, I think that it's not the first lesson that makes you remember. It's usually the second or third. I don't know about you, Matt, but mm. sometimes they don't sink in right away. Yeah. And that's both true specifically when you're talking about individuals and about communities and cities. We didn't have really strong earthquake retrofit codes until after the uh, Loma Prieta earthquake, and that was in 1989. So decades later, that's when we realized that we need to not have these soft story buildings, that those need to be reinforced for as an example. Um, that wasn't specifically talked about this morning. This morning was more about are you prepared individually? Is your family prepared? And not just for an earthquake, but for a pandemic. Be able to survive on your own for at least 72 hours if the earth, if your uh, electricity goes out, your water goes out. Uh, or if there's a lockdown and we've all been through that the last couple of years. And so I think the importance of being prepared is much more present in our minds. And I'll say one more thing about that is that if you are prepared, great. Double check your emergency supply kit, because what happened to me one time is my emergency supply kit, which was equipped with water, non-perishable food, uh, battery operated radio. Very important because the cell phones probably won't work. Mm -hmm. Uh, flashlights, all that stuff, double check it because my water leaked, got into the non-perishable food, and it was highly perished. Oh, no. <laughs> it, was a it was a disaster. It was moldy and rotten, and it was all in this waterproof tub. So I just assumed, hey, it's probably fine. Don't need to worry about it. We opened it up one time when we were moving from oh, one house no. to another, and it was <laughs> disgusting. So my message to everybody is, if you got a kit, great. Be sure you check it at least once a year. And, and I think it's, it's super important to remind folks that live in the city, like myself, that live in an apartment building. We think a lot of times of having that stuff as maybe being stored in a garage or in an attic or some, you know, somewhere out of the way. I don't have, I'll be honest, I don't have a ton of storage space here, but you know, maybe it's because I grew up on the West Coast, right? Knowing that <laughs> earthquakes are there, we get that drilled into us, you know, from the time we're in elementary school. I've got enough water supply to keep me and my parrot speedy good to go. Yeah. And that's that's the main thing is is the water. But I mean, it's just an incredible story to to look back on and, and such a big part of the history of uh of this city. And I think one of the things that makes it a great city to live in is knowing that it's been it's been decimated and rebuilt literally from the ashes. And we've got one of the most beautiful cities in the world uh, right here in the Bay Area. Matt Bigler, great reporting. Appreciate it as always. Thank you, sir. Absolutely. Take care, Matt. And thank you for listening to Bay Current. New episodes are out every day. We'd love to be part of your daily routine and have you subscribe to us on the Odyssey app. 
Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or just about anywhere you listen. And we're on YouTube on the KCBS Radio YouTube page. That's it for today's Bay Current. I'm Matt Pittman. We'll chat with you again tomorrow. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. 